figure out my feelings toward you. I despise you. I pity you. I don't even want to shake your hand, and yet... I almost wish you luck. everyone welcome to another episode of a podcast directed by so we are now finishing off our month of ida lupino movies so um mike i'm just wondering where you're at because <laughs> people may not know this about you but kind of no matter what happens you're going to complain like hmm. if i give you 20 movies of scorsese to watch you're like oh god that's so many movies but this month you picked miss ida lupino Six months We're only ago. doing, really, yeah, that's a good point. We're only doing a handful of movies, and still I get these texts of like, oh god, it's so much, it's so dark. Do I really want to like, you know, watch movies about rape and unwanted pregnancies and fill no, in the blanks here? Not. So what, what is it? What is it going to take, Mike? Well, Nancy Myers. I don't. I don't remember having any complaints on that month. Why would you? I'm not a not a monster. Just about me. Just about me, not about the movies. <laughs> yeah, if you if you know if you didn't get it right, that's 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 film Twitter speak. When you that's disagree right. with something, I like you just don't get it. Um, I don't know. I mean, how how dickish or <laughs> I guess honest do you want me to be in, in this answer? Because I, I feel like I could either way. It's going to be off putting to whatever listeners we have here. Uh, you know the 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 easy joke, uh, which isn't accurate because i'm shouting out nancy myers queen nancy is this is what i get for picking a female filmmaker to challenge me with problems that uh me as a uh you know i guess the majority the 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 straight white guy uh is uncomfortable thinking about unwanted pregnancies not my problem i don't want to hear about that makes me upset and sad uh yes rape uh which is the patreon exclusive this month way to (laughs) Way to move the needle on those dollars, Dave. I mean, we also, you know, we also talked about tennis. So yeah, know, we did get that. tennis in there, which was the one, <laughs> the one pleasant spot in this uh, filmography yeah, was strangely. an obsessive stage mother. Not you know, not the best parenting in the, in that one. Uh, I mean, in, you know, just the real world stuff that's you know we don't really need to get into. But yeah, like you know, my dog passed away a few weeks ago, so I'm in total comfort food mode. And so, yeah, this stuff is just, it's just stressful. And, uh, yeah, I just have not been into it. I would probably say the same thing about Scorsese and I'm sure I did make some complaints and that was when I didn't have any sort of personal tragedy, uh, going on, but you know, a lot, 20 movies of Scorsese is a lot of violence and a lot of stress. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that this one, especially where it's condensed, um, you already mentioned that, you know, we're doing a, a short run here. Um, there's a lot of stress <laughs> and a few punches from Ida. She's, you know, I, I think she's going head, body, head on her her shots to you with her her directing yeah. choices. Uh, a little so bit. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna have. You're right. I'm gonna have complaints. 
regardless. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, I probably was far more enthusiastic, strangely, during the Christmas season um, for for this than I, than I am now. And yeah. uh, I'll, but I'll resume my normal complaints next next month. Oh yeah, I mean when I when I asked you to be my co-host on this podcast, this is exactly what I expected. I mean I have no one to blame but myself mm. for listening to the Mike Denniston complaints. So, uh, but on this episode, we're we're you know covering our last our last Lupino film. We're uh, talking about you know another, another light-hearted romp uh, in the bigamist uh, story about a man who uh, marries two different women and uh, gets punished for it for a good hour and a half. So, and also, this is the first uh, the first movie of Lupino's where she was also acting in this. She was one of our, I guess, I guess is she a lead or is like the other? Is Joan Fontaine the lead? Like, you know, were you you trying to play favorites already here? Did you learn nothing from the film? What What are you doing? No, if, if anything, you should play favorites. You should pick one and stick with it. Don't don't you know walk away when she gets in her executive moods. <laughs> some other woman on a bus <laughs> come on now so like what was your what was your reaction to the bigamist because it's another we talked about this on a previous episode where it's noir but like maybe not a lot of charm there's a little bit of charm when he first meets ida lupino's character maybe you know where they're going out to dinner and they're having a good time but there's a lot this guy is kind of a even when he's picking up on this woman is kind of like unsure of himself, kind of schlubby and just kind of like, shape. I don't know what I'm doing yeah, he's out, of, out of the habit. Um, yeah. We, we forgot to, to mention the other, I guess, noir, which is about a serial killer. We didn't mention that when I was saying, Hey, these were, this month was a bit of a downer. We just skipped over that. I noticed I look, I, I like movies about dumb people, dumb men uh-huh. in particular. That's, that's a thing with me when I, when you have a stupid person on screen and you can make that, uh, I guess Just engaging wait till next month, in Mike. a way. I think that's a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> like, you know, I, I like I like for the reality that the uh, stupid person finds himself in uh, to not be brought down to their level. And I think next month <laughs> it's very much brought down to the stupid character's level each and every time. Um, I, I, you know, this isn't like I guess officially in our wrap up segment, but I think the biggest problem I have with uh, Ida Lupino is a director is definitely like the 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 middle parts of all these these stories the only one was probably the the first film uh not wanted which i just felt was relentless uh but there's usually like a lull um and here it's a strange one because it is like i guess the it's the least sort of stressful film that we get because it's just kind of like this guy makes a choice and he stupidly, when he's relaying his story, first off, it's it's stupid how he gets caught. He gets caught <laughs> going to adopt a baby with his wife that he's had this kind of platonic professional relationship with. Like they've kind of formed a life uh, financially together. Uh, and he's kind of accepted that it will be passionless. And that's how he falls into the, uh, you know, the I guess the honeypot, if you want to call that, of a woman telling him to basically mind his business, which I also loved. It's not like this is not Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction. She's not laying it on, uh, like she's actually like you know enjoying the the back and forth, like that train ride. The way uh, Lupino, the actress, plays it, 
<laughs> it's pretty awesome. Like her just yeah. like, what are you doing? Like what? <laughs> I get on a train just to basically to have like a quiet moment and some reflection. And you're talking to me about every bullshit anecdote in your life. Like I once heard that guy play music. And uh, I, I mean, some of it is enjoyable in that way. Um, I guess because of the time period, I don't like the moralizing about basically a cheat. Like it's a, a cheat with a guy who is doing it in the least sexy way. Like it's not even thrill seeking. It's just like, well, this, I don't really have like the, the family uh, domesticated life that I wanted with my marriage. So maybe I can just get a do over, but I also don't want to divorce. I don't want that to be awkward. So and it's just weird, right? It, it, I don't think modern uh-huh. audiences are probably trained for this particular bit of like man has an affair and then will he or won't he be found out at some point. It's 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 weird. It's it's just a it's a weird kind of time capsule movie in that regard. Yeah, it is a it is a strange movie in a lot of ways. One of them is that like it very much is set up as a like a detective story almost like you have this guy who's in charge of whether or not they get to adopt <laughs> a child and he just, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> and he like notices that like when he asked about a background check, this guy kind of twitched and was just like, mm, I don't know about that. Uh, so like, but they set it up like it's this big grand mystery. Basically what he does is he looks at a phone book and then he shows up at the guy's house and he hears a baby cry. Like, that's it. The whole, the whole mystery is solved. I was just like, that, that's it. And I do think, uh, like you were, I think kind of referencing that Lupino is the, um, is the best part of this movie. Like, I, I think she's fantastic. It actually made me want to go back and see other movies that she starred in. Because even the way, like, when they're first kind of flirting and he, like, kind of leaps into the seat next to her and, like, gets in her space, like, her reaction when he says, like, do you mind if I sit here? It's like, well, nothing I can do about it now. Like, <laughs> you're here. And it's almost like she ends up going out with him after that, after that bus ride there's almost like a little bit of pity to it where he's like so bad at this. It's just like, uh, you know, what do I have to lose? This guy's harmless. I guess, I guess I'll hang out with him, have some Chinese food. What's the worst thing that can happen? And of course the worst thing that can happen as in everyone's life is an unwanted pregnancy. Like, but then it um... just, but then it just becomes, it becomes a whole, like I, I find, I find the way they, they, skip through things really interesting in this where it's just kind of like this easily could have been an hour and 45 minutes or two hours. And I think it's another one of those like 80 minute movies. So like her getting pregnant and that whole problem of her having the kid, like it's almost like not even talked about because then it shifts to his first wife uh, and, you know, family member dying. And then it, like, it just, it, I almost feel like it doesn't spend enough time with either of these relationships so by the end of it i'm not sure that i truly have anyone to root for i mean you can root against the guy but that's about it so you're not like the uh you know the 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 man in charge of babies and then being a detective for those who once had babies where he has this give him the baby (laughs) fine he has this line where he's like basically like i don't agree with like anything you've done but it's like i can't be mad at you and i kind of feel sorry for you like everyone feels sorry for this this guy that line honestly really bothered me like because it did not because he said it like if that's what that character believes that's fine but it did feel like 
this character is not possible to root for, so let me, as the writer and the director, let me lead you to rooting for him a little bit. Because here's, here's the like, line: I despise you and I pity you. I don't even want to shake your hand, and yet I almost wish you luck. It's like, man, okay. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if he's like absolving him of anything, but it's like I've heard your story and. It's like, has, is he making a judgment on his wife where he's like, well, I can understand that you'd have to go out and start, you know, a family. Like, because the guy's basically saying, I'm trying to do right by everyone. Like, how can I mm-hmm. break my wife's heart when I've accepted this sort of passionless relationship? And I've, n- I've never expressed doubt or concern. So it is, it would be a blindside to her if he's <laughs> like, look, I, you know, I, I feel like we're not right for each other. Like we're basically friends now or roommates. Like th- there is no conversation like that. And I think in a modern film you would have, or at least you'd have other friend characters like sidekicks where you'd have huh. someone bouncing it off. Like, uh, you know, we, when we did uh, Spike Lee and did Jungle Fever, like you loved Spike Lee in the film as the best friend <laughs> who couldn't be that sounding board because then he's going to go to his wife and be like, can you believe what my friend's doing to our mutual friend? Like there's, there's those aspects in sort of modern uh, films mm-hmm. about this uh, that it's not here. I, you know, th- I guess the most not problematic because it was bold, but the, the outrage when we're talking about sexual assault, the fact that they had to sort mm-hmm. of talk around it, by saying basically someone had been mugged is the way they're treating it, uh, except it's a woman and you there's some really like sort of forward thinking stuff in that one. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's the case here. It's it's <laughs> like you know I I didn't even like you. I think I'm looking at it with wrong eyes because I, I there was a little bit of the that's it type thing. <laughs> like this yeah. guy's he's not even good at being a cheat because he's just got to he's got to you know it's I've I've heard like sort of stories about like from this time period, men having other completely different families, like in, you know, other States mm-hmm. or things of that nature, just these sort of old fashioned scoundrels. Um, but this one, it's strange. And here's what you want. Here's my complaint. It was the, the least stressful in that regard. And I guess the, uh, least demanding of my sympathy for our, our main character, because <laughs> these are choices he's making. Um, but it, I, I still <laughs> I was perplexed as far as like why I guess I was perplexed more with why this was a um, particular like maybe a story that Miss Lupino would want to tackle because the other ones seem like things like that no one's talking about. And I don't know, maybe they weren't talking about it with the seriousness that she wanted. Like she actually wanted to try to make like a guy that like steps down his wife somewhat sympathetic here, but it doesn't seem as necessary as the, I guess, the women's pictures or the women's stories that she was doing earlier in this month. Yeah, I think it actually has a better impact if he's not so sympathetic. Because um, you have, you know, that scene that you mentioned with uh, the master of babies telling him that he's a, <laughs> he's probably a good guy, but I don't want to shake your hand. And then the judge at the very end of the movie is, is basically like, well, you're going to be punished, but you seem like a decent enough guy. Like you seem like a moral person. Like I can certainly understand. Uh, but now you have to like deal with these two women. Essentially. That's a, that's like, a through so line strange. through the, uh, the whole month, isn't it? Of having a, a person of authority at the end of the film, like maybe not bringing down the law on top of their heads, but also like kind of condemning their life. So basically like you need to right. regulate, regulate yourself like with your own guilt. Like that's enough damage. 
uh, done here. And that, that's a, that's a, when you're watching them, this is the problem with this podcast, Dave. <laughs> when you're watching them in a short period of time, even though for me it's much longer than you because I feel like you bang these out in like a day or two. Me, I'm like, God damn it, Dave. HBO Max launched today. There's an Anna Kendrick love anthology show that I'd like, that I watched two episodes of. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is. This is far more pleasant. This is Mike's, Mike's <laughs> next podcast, a uh, minute by minute of this new show on HBO Max. Jesus. I mean, maybe not that, but what about a simple favor? I love that one. I could do a minute by minute on it. Yeah, I just keep throwing you out different ideas mm. of how we can that have one's more tempting. Enjoyable. It's very tempting. Very tempting. tempting. Uh, this one, I don't know. Like, um, I, I think just with the the title of it, you might expect a little bit more. Uh, putting screws to this guy and it's weird that that's almost completely removed like you said the detective angle where it's like you open the door and it's like yep that's you it think maybe it would be a little bit sexy and it's really not like obviously i'm no. these two beautiful women in this movie but he's so awkward and schlubby that you're like i can't even root for you to be with either of these women because like what are they what are they doing why are they choosing this idiot salesman like come on this this guy sucks like it's yeah, the poster's know, a little misleading with the uh, the wanted by two women, the bigamist. And it's like, no, <laughs> I think it's more about this guy, like, trying to, you know, he's not taking a walk on the wild side. He's just, like, sad. He's just sad and unfulfilled yeah. in a genuine way. And there's there's an interesting melodrama there. It's weird that this one is – it has hints of it as far as the sort of, like, the grand sort of statements and the moralizing from other characters, like condemning <laughs> and also sort of like shaking their head at him. Like you poor sad bastard. Like you know, it's, it's not even like they can get up the will to be angry with him. Cause he's just too schlubby. As you said, um, I, I like that aspect of it, but I guess I wish it leaned more into that because it's not often you, I think you see that more with, um, even in modern films, like, you know, like women who have these unfulfilled marriages or they've had bad relationships and they go out and find themselves. Uh, that seems to be something that the, the powers that be think is more marketable than it would be for, for, a, for a man just to be brokenhearted and sad. I, I don't know if you agree with that. It feels like when a, I do rom-com, yeah. if a man is brokenhearted, it's played for laughs and his friends, like, you know, make fun of him until he gets back on the horse. Like it's, <laughs> there's not this sort of like wanderlust as far as like really sort of reflecting our life and if you made the right choices like that that seems to be something yeah that what, was, have taken. what was the movie with uh jason siegel and uh mila kunis uh oh, forgetting, forgetting sarah, sarah marshall, marshall. Like, yeah like that's the first and it's definitely played for laughs like yeah to when, the his, point when his heart like, is crushed you know, he's, other he's customers full... are complaining about your weeping and you know, well i mean like, it, we like, have a full frontal nudity and him bending over uh, totally in the buff, uh, with a lot of man butt as he weeps, as his heart is crushed, and it's like that. It, we have to have that for for a man to feel that way. We have to also be able to giggle to have that that thrown in there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing that I couldn't help thinking about when I was watching this movie, a lot of this was because I, you know, I talked to our expert about this, and there is this weird coding that's going on in this movie with with the two women. Like you have. This idea of this, you know, this first woman, his first wife, uh, you know, they can't have a kid. So she kind of shuts down and throws herself into work. And he even references this, like, as he's talking to her on the phone and you have the kind of voiceover of her executive moves and almost like almost like she's been turned almost masculine uh, since she can't have kids, which is a really weird choice for, you know, one of her first, you know, American female directors 
Um, and then you have that same director playing the kind of opposite, like playing the like kind of too cool for everything, you know, until the pregnancy and until like she finds out he's married to someone else. But up until that, like she definitely gives herself the cool girl part here. Uh, and I think it's just, you know, if this was directed by a man, I think a lot of people would watch this and get really upset uh, at that interesting coding. And I think we maybe pause because like, oh, well, but she directed it. She she made all these choices, so I'm not <laughs> sure where to go with that. But it's it's a really strange choice, and I think it actually hampers the movie because I think it's it's a much more interesting movie if, like you mentioned, they have that conversation and they realize that they're becoming distant and they actually bring this up. But instead, it's almost like, like as you mentioned, to her, if he leaves, that would be a total blindside attack. Like, I thought everything was fine. We were happy. And, and Every I time they talk on the phone, first. it's genial. I, it's nice. uh, well, because they're, they're, they're playing, right? When he's like, uh, no, really. Uh, I met this, like, cute... Uh, dark-haired lady and she's really funny and sassy and like no 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 like what i mean what if thing to do uh, oh my god (laughs) i mean i don't know maybe she just you know i I think if the shoe's on the other foot you would uh you would blame the husband more for being inattentive and uh, it is you know what you're saying you know maybe she is taking on that masculine role where she's being totally dismissive of of him uh you know being like romantically appealing anymore. Like she's just told to look past that. Uh, but I, I, I didn't know. I was like, <laughs> I'm giving uh, the director here a lot of credit where I'm like, Whoa, like back in 1953, could this, could this dude pull this off? Or he's like, Hey, I'm going to go over here now. And the, and his wife's like, have fun. <laughs> Don't bother me about it. Like, and of course that's not the case, but uh, it, the guy just doesn't, he he wants to be like taken care of, right? That's the, I mean probably the worst thing you can say about him as far as how he handles trying to be polite and trying to be decent is really it's the path of least resistance for him. Like I mean eventually it's going to come to head when you when you can't even get through the audition process for the baby where someone says, "Hey, we're going to have to do a background check." And you do this like flop sweat, like you know, start trembling and like, you know, it's like, all right, you just, you're not made for this lifestyle, man. Like you just can't handle it. You said the phone book, just look him up. Just go to his other house. And and what was, hold on. I got to look this up Uh, because uh, yeah, his name is Harry and he goes by Harrison in the other town. You're not exactly like like an evil criminal genius. Like, Dude, that's you got to try harder. You got to go by a different name, or like not be in the phone book. Like, why would you? <laughs> what are you doing? This this is I mean, why the mystery was so easy to solve because he did not cover his tracks in any way. I mean, that's one thing that's also consistent with Lapino's work is the characters. You know, no matter of how good or evil they are, um, you know, if their their intentions are noble or not, usually not. Uh, they they all want to be known. For like who they are, like eventually, like they leave too many clues as far as, uh, and usually it's characters trying to be deceitful in some way. So, uh, if you go to our Patreon episode, like I've just mentioned, the stage mother, she's not smooth and like what, like everyone knows what she wants out of her daughter's success, uh, and she doesn't really try to hide it. And it's like she wants she wants to be called out so that she can just sort of air her grievances, which she she gets into briefly at the start of this that film. Um, the, the, the hitchhiker, like the, the 
title character there. All he wants to do is talk shit and he wants to like brag about all the things he can do and will do. And you know, when they do this, like, and his plans are better than yours and you're stupid and I'm smart. Like, and I mean, that was one thing I disliked about the movie was I got sick of listening to him, but it's like, he wants someone to acknowledge him for who he is. And I feel like that's true here. I mean, it's, it's not definitely, you know, I'd, I'd probably rather be the actor who's getting slapped for playing the, the vile hitchhiker. Cause at least that's a cool role. I don't know if, do you think the guy that was playing the bigamist was ever driving down like around Hollywood and someone's like, Hey, were you the bigamist? And they slapped him or did they like give him a hug or they just say, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it got a I reaction. Mean, I don't even think anyone would have recognized him. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's so incognito just kind of under the radar. Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh no, that's Harry. You're looking for Harry. I'm not that guy. Yeah, it's uh, I do think like, you know, there's still obviously like enjoyable moments in this movie, but like definitely I think for me, uh, Lupino definitely set the bar high leading up to this. So this did feel like a little bit of a letdown for me. But like, honestly, it is all worth it just for the look on Harry slash Harrison's face when that baby cries uh, and, and the detective is at the door like he's just you can just see the light go out of his eyes like just like. Well, uh, this is it. Like, you might as well come in and I'll tell you this story because there's no way I can lie about this and get away with it. So that was definitely a, you know, a memorable good moment for me in watching The Big Abyss. So this one is, like, very highly regarded. It was, like, yeah. was was well-received even initially. This is not something that people had to, like, rediscover Um do you, do you think it's the modern lens that you and I are viewing it that we're just sort of, we're sort of befuddled by this main character or this particular arc because it's it is so removed from what how this would happen today or how people would react to it necessarily. That's true, but I think you can make that argument about every single one of her movies um, that we don't make movies like this about these topics anymore. Like if there was going to be a movie about a sexual assault, we would not make it like she did. Um, if there is a sports movie, we would not make it like she did. So I, I don't think – to me, that doesn't hold water. Um, I just think uh, Harry's not cool enough for me. You just got to have – as you mentioned, you got to have some charm. You got to like draw me in, and this guy sucks, man. Like the, you want me to believe that these two women slept with that guy? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Like if you're going to be that boring, you better be really good looking. Uh, and he's, well, he's is not... it not enough for you that he doesn't have a, a current sex life with his wife? <laughs> like they probably had sex but with him once. But he did at some point. He <laughs> well... did at some point. Joan Fontaine, man, that's he's doing something right. If he got Joan Fontaine to marry him without getting pregnant, so that's that's pretty impressive. I don't know and if I just don't buy anything right. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's there was alcohol involved, or you know, someone did Maybe. someone a favor. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he had one good line on the train. That's all it takes, you know. Just Maybe. just one, please. Yeah. Well, whatever that line was, he did not remember it for the second time around because he was not given. But you know what, Dave? Still worked. Whatever it was, still worked. Yeah. Well, good for him, I guess. Maybe this is my my hatred uh, coming out, but it just didn't do it for me. Uh, and I think because in comparison to those two female leads, like he's so obviously not on their level as far as charm, as, as far as wit. So it just, it definitely stands out to me, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we're wrong. People seem to love this movie. So, you know, maybe it is the modern lens, but I don't, I don't know if I would have liked it in the fifties or now. So 
I'm going to let you, I'm going to leave you hanging on being so negative there. Good. Well, now we move on, uh, because you left me hanging, I'm so glad to say that now we're moving on to Mike's least favorite part of every month, uh, where we talk about what this director's, what our favorite movie is, what her best movie is, and what her masterpiece is. So, Mike, what is your favorite Ida Lupino movie? Are you doing three this time? Because you've not done it necessarily every time out, and we have such a small... I'm going to do three different ones. I'm going to do three different ones. Trying, trying to stick to that. You don't have to. You don't have to. I don't to. think I can this time around. Oh, uh, just to, just to remind people, the movies that we watched were Not Wanted, Never Fear, Outrage, Hard, Fast, and Beautiful, Patreon only, The Hitchhiker, and The Bigamist. So, out of those, what is your favorite Ida Lupino movie? Hmm. All right, I can do it. I can stretch. Just know that there's okay. a little bit of. I'm being slightly disingenuous. I would say Hard, Fast, and Beautiful. It was my mm. my favorite because it was by far the most pleasant experience because all oh, we're dealing with I see. is an older woman who feels like time is slipping past and she just wants like one, like just one last thing, right? One last thing of fun or whatever it is. She just she just wants something in her life, be it travel or you know some respect from neighbors, something like that. Uh, I thought it was a pretty, it was pretty breezy. It probably of the ones we've watched though, uh, felt like, you know, by far probably the least amount of substance because that's really about it. I mean, I don't think I don't think as a sports movie you're gonna look at it as like, oh, that's a great sports film because the sport itself I don't think matters. Like what her daughter's good at, it's just it really is good about thing. the the mom, um, <laughs> the relationships uh can even from the quote unquote good guys can be like incredibly toxic we see that or at least i saw that in outrage as well with this uh religious man he kind of creeped me out and if you watch the film he's he's like the good egg like and it, i don't know I, I couldn't see a discernible difference between him and some of the other boyfriends who are supportive until they don't get their way you get that in hard fast and beautiful so there's a little bit of the uh the sort of the, the seriousness and the way women are treated in that film. It just was uh, definitely more female and female crime with, with that particular thing. And also just an incredibly sad last couple of scenes. So I, I appreciate that in sports movie. Um, so yeah, I would say that was my favorite, although I'm just, I'm just using your, your scale and your system here because I'm very positive on one film in particular this month. Okay. Um, so I'm going to take the exact opposite um, of Hard, Hard, Fast, and Beautiful. Um, my favorite is maybe the least pleasant of her movies, of uh, course. which is The, Hitch- the Hitchhiker. Oh. Um, I mean, I watched it more than once, and it, you know, I, I really, like, enjoyed feels like the wrong word. Uh, but I think the performances really carry it, and her direction is kind of flawless in in The Hitchhiker. Um, so it's, it's one that will definitely will definitely hold up for me, I think, and something that I'll go back and rewatch. Um, if nothing else, just for the, like, the the lead villain who you hate uh, in this, I think it's a great, great performance. I, maybe it's just because I talk a lot of shit, uh, and I enjoy seeing that on screen, uh, and I think he's pretty good at it. Um, I also probably would not have made it to Mexico. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, no. I would have, like, I would have forgotten one of the instructions or something and ended up getting shot in the back. It wouldn't have been good. But yeah, I also just really like the kind of tone and the mood of that movie. I think 
in terms of noir, and there's at least three or four of her movies, I think, that you can accurately describe as that. Uh, and this is one of them. And this is the one, even though it kind of flips it on its head, right? Like, as you mentioned on that episode, instead of being trapped in the city, you're kind of trapped in this great expanse. But it still has that same feeling. And I think the the characters are clever enough and uh, kind of have a little bit more of a cool factor uh, than her other noirs. So that one really, really works for me. Um, but now we move to like, I'm sure this has got to be what you were referencing, the movie that you're really particularly high on. So what is, what is Lupino's best movie? No, uh, the hitchhiker oh. is what I consider the best, uh, just oh, from a, okay. f- purely from a, uh, as a, uh, from, I guess, uh, her craft, I guess, because I, if you go back and listen to the episode, even now, as you've referenced, I'm on the record. I did not find this really enjoyable or pleasant. I do not get into the true crime aspect of many films. Uh, strangely, Zodiac is one that I really like. I don't really know why, because I hate all of that stuff. I don't want well, to really go. That, isn't that focused more on the kind of detective work and the camaraderie it, it behind the scenes probably as opposed is, to the violence? Yeah, it prob- I mean, they definitely, you know, you, you do get to see, like, the, the killings, which, you know, always makes That's me true. very uncomfortable. Uh, but, yeah, you're, I mean, that, you're right. I think I do gravitate more towards, like, the Jake Gyllenhaal, just like that just a a person who's outside of it that can also get roped in just to any particular obsession uh, I find fascinating Uh, the hitchhiker though what I do adore are the two men that are abducted usually they're just you know they're just lambs to the slaughter in the film just so we can try to like desperately understand what makes like a creep do creepy evil sadistic things which I I I never care about all so I I do really like the bond uh between those those two friends and uh as the villain said you said it in our episode uh that you know that the fact that they don't give up on each other is what's going to condemn both of them or at least in his eyes that's I mean that's not how it actually works out uh all that stuff I I think that she she has sort of like a grounded take on something that could have been pure pulp that I really like. So just her putting her mm. particular lens and her talents to it, I really appreciate, even though strangely, I think, and it seems like this is the one, this is kind of the one film that I think sticks out or seems to come up the most, like when discussing her work, uh, it mm. would be the one that I would be most hesitant to, uh, to dive back into. So strangely, I will say that's the best just because I think mm. she did a lot of heavy lifting for something that I, I'm really not a fan of usually. Okay. Um, so for my best, um, I actually went with not wanted. Um, it's, it's interesting when I, when I first watched it, um, God, like months ago at this point, I was like, that was, that was pretty good. I like that. Uh, it's a good start to the month. And then, but it's one of those movies that it, like, I found myself thinking about it a lot, um, and kind of crept back in like, oh, that was really good. That's maybe I need to watch that again. And then before we recorded, I watched it again and I was like, no, this is really good. Like this is borderline great. And it's especially impressive given that it clearly is not the movie that probably if she could plot out her career, she's like, this is going to be my first movie. You know, she was kind of thrown into this after the original director had a heart attack. And, but you would never know that. It's still also, after watching all of her movies now, it still does feel like a Lupino movie, um, even just like, even just on its own. And I think, you know, I, th- I think I remember right that like the lead uh, here, like this was one of her first movies. It was like introducing this actress and you never would have known that from this performance. I think it's just kind of tremendous. And it's also like, especially given 
given where this goes, it's also weirdly sweet. Like the love story works, not the original love story, obviously with the like jerk of a musician, but like everything after that, I was like, yeah, I, I do. Even though I made fun of him on, on the podcast, uh, on that episode, it's, we're incredibly it's really, disrespectful to this young man of his trains. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this this more injured man uh but yeah like it's it's the one movie i think um of this month that has really stuck with me and i found myself thinking about the most so that's that to me marks it as as her best movie which is strange given it's her first we've talked about this before with other directors where it's like i'm not trying to say that like after this it's all downhill (laughs) but well, her I also think movie that, that she threw herself into is her best movie. I, I, it seems like you and I are in the minority in that regard. Uh, get, you know, we're wrapping up the show with the bigamist, and uh, that you know that seems to be like you know if you're just even the the quotes and its theatrical run, like saying like oh this is what this the filmmakers have been building towards with her her group. Uh, I I also I have not wanted this the, the masterpiece because this would be the one. I mean, it's easy, right? This is the first one, so it's the one where it's like, okay, this kind of sets the tone as far as like what her particular interests are, her her particular viewpoint in the world, which, um, you know, I'm sure it was distinctive then. It feels distinctive now, um, as far as like these type of stories and um, how they're told. Like I, I do admire, even the bigamist. You're saying that they try to graft on this sort of awkward detective story uh, to it. I, I do like how even these, you know, social problem movies have these sort of genre trappings, like they're they're set in this this kind of thriller like uh, you know city where it's like everything and everyone's sort of out to get you, or you know there can be a boogeyman around the corner. Uh, you know, if you play that as just straight drama, I think it borders on goofy. But because like there is that sort of element of danger to like all of her her stories. Maybe not the tennis one. I don't. I don't know if you ever feel like <laughs> too dangerous about this girl, like you know, in her tennis matches. Um, but certainly not wanted. Um, I, I found it incredibly uh, stressful, and um, I I don't know if this uh, hits. You know, you recently got into a Twitter attack on a co-host of another show of mine, uh, Hiro. Oh yeah, he has. <laughs> He has a rewatchability scale. So yeah, check out uh, the Marcus Played uh, podcast because I, I believe that's where that conversation stems from. I, I talk yeah. too much on podcasts to remember. Uh, but yeah, you went on the attack uh, like a dog with a bone on him saying that that should not, should not matter. I think not wanted would be one that I would think of. Your example that there are films that you can love and adore, but you like you have no interest in like diving back into them too often. Um, right. You know, I, at the top of this 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 individual episode, I'm you know I'm saying that in you know my sort of like grieving, just sort of generally sort of sad day to day state, you know I'm looking for comfort food. Uh, not wanted is not at no. all <laughs> comfort food, uh, but I I admire the hell out of it. And, you know when I'm you know when I'm in a better headspace, it would pro- it would be the one that I would pull back out to watch again right. uh, and kind of see like because I'm still kind of astounded how how she got this, this finished product released in 1949. I'd be astounded if this film came out in 2020, honestly. So yeah, this is the one for right. me and it is not a knock because it was the first film and she wasn't even supposed to do it. It's just, it's just sort of amazing that it happened. Yeah. You know, I think you, you bring up a, a lot of good points that I'm thinking about when I think about masterpiece. Like I, I think, I don't think she made any 
comfort films, at least not that we covered. Like they're all pretty dark and they're all what pretty dire. What was the one dire. that didn't make the uh, list even for Patreon? Oh, what was that? Let me. Oh, that movie was called The Trouble with Angels. Uh, that would be the closest thing to like a comfort food movie. Uh, it's definitely a lot more positive. Of course. Why cover hey, that? Hey, this was your decision. That well, was one of the ones you cut out. The, the blind leading the blind here, where I'm just going off titles <laughs> and like you know a brief <laughs> two lines synopsis. I'm like, yeah, I guess we don't need that one as much. I will remember uh, next time. I don't. I don't think I've. You know, we're not gonna spoil it yet because it's not that time. But I don't think I vetoed anything for next month. Did I? I don't think you did. No. So mistakes no, have already been made. Okay. Yes, right. definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, she doesn't make comfort movies. Um, there's a, a large dose of noir, of noir in her movies. Um, there's also this weird uh, focus on like bus culture or like running away from problems and leaving town. Uh, and then you have the social problems aspect. Um, so kind of taking that all into account, uh, the movie I chose actually is Outrage. Um, speaking of, I can't believe this movie got made uh, when it got made. Like, even though they do, as you mentioned earlier, they never use the word rape. Um, you don't have to. Like, it's very clear what happened to this girl. Um, and I think the the performance of the lead is fantastic. I think I think it, the only problems it might have um, is the uh, the like I don't know the kind of like the priest who wants to hook up with the. <laughs> With the the new girl in town, like that whole stuff. But but I think it really, like, if I'm going to show someone, like, okay, this is a Lupino movie, and this is something that has enough positivity in it um, to, like, keep you maybe wanting to watch another movie of hers, I think this is the one that falls into that category. Because, like, I think The Hitchhiker is great, um, but that, that's a mean, mean little movie. Uh, and that's not, that's not, like, if I watch that, on its own, I don't know that I'd be like, oh, yeah, let me please let me watch everything that this director has done. I would like to hate everything and be sad all the time. Like, no, nah, let's get a little more balance. So Outrage is the one that, that definitely stuck out for me, but still feels like a Lupino movie. I knew you'd go there, Dave. I knew you'd go with Outrage. Um, I like that Bad both person. of us. Uh, chose films that are behind the paywall because <laughs> now, and to oh, be fair yeah, to that's us, true. this is the first month where that's even like an option. Yeah. Usually, I didn't uh, even think about that, but like, I, I thought, like, oh, there it is. There's Capitalist Dave going, he's gonna make sure he's got one that, like, and if you want to hear our thoughts on Outrage and Mike with the tennis movie, strangely, yes. <laughs> then you could just go to patreon.com slash podcast directed by absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is our month on Lupino. Thank you, Mike, for for choosing this director because I re- did actually really, really enjoy like going through her filmography. And of course, it's a little easier because she only made like seven movies. It's not like Scorsese who made seven, five movies or Being whatever. Thankful that this woman didn't get going. even more more opportunities. Oh, like, that, you learned that's nothing what I from meant. this. You <laughs> so um, next one. We are taking maybe the hardest right turn possible <laughs> from Ida Lupino. <laughs> so, Mike, who is our who is our, our tour next month? I I don't know if you picked this one or if we just like mutually came I to the conclusion. I think we both agreed to do like, this. Yeah, this will be yes. fun. You can't or blame maybe, anybody. Yeah, maybe this will end the show. Uh, yeah, we're the the natural step uh, I think from Ida Lupino and probably a filmmaker. 
whose whole career is based off of her work and continuing her legacy would be Mr. Michael Bay. Yeah, right? definitely. That's, that's a perfect transition. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I guess the one of the the bright sides about doing someone like Michael Bay is like, you'll have no problem finding these movies. Like they're, <laughs> they are readily available. You have to search on, go down YouTube holes to find it and deal with like, you hey, know, really, really crappy. We, uh, we discovered that Lapino's work that is in the public domain. Most of them. So, I mean, you know, it's legal, even if you are going down, you know, YouTube for it. Uh, I think if you're using Michael Bay's work on the YouTube search bar, you're either paying for it or you're getting one of those weird where they've like squared off or like flipped mm-hmm. the image, <laughs> that sort True. of thing, which, uh, you know, uh, I'm not saying that he's better because he's certainly not than Miss Lupino. But uh, if you're losing any of the imagery for Michael Bay, I don't know what you have left. So probably don't do that. <laughs> so, yes, do it, do yeah. it legally and don't use YouTube. Yes, definitely. Uh, So for those of you who want to watch those movies along with us, our first episode, obviously, we will have our guest expert on, uh, and then we'll cover Bad Boys and The Rock, uh, and then Armageddon and Pearl Harbor, and then a Patreon-only episode on the Transformers series, which I know Mike is looking forward to. No guarantee Uh, (laughs) that I watch all of them, or more than one of them. How about that? And then uh, we'll talk about The Island and Pain and Gain. And then 13 Hours and Six Underground, his uh, Netflix movie that came out this year. The only, I think the only Michael Bay movie ever to like not be released in a theater. So that's, that's a strange new world uh, we live in. And I guess we could probably talk about Bad Boys 2 along with that Bad Boys and the Rock episode if any of that comes up, even though Bad Boys 2 is terrible. And if you like it, you should feel bad. Um, Can I just so watch the Michael <laughs> Shannon clips? Is that okay? Can I just YouTube that? That part is okay. All right. It's definitely. All right, so that is what we're going to talk about next month. Uh, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at DirectedByPod. And, of course, as we mentioned more than once on this episode, if you want to hear those extra episodes, uh, like if you wanted to hear us talk about Outrage and Hard, Fast, and Beautiful, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash a podcast directed by and donate as little as $1 a month. Fine, 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 fine.